Are you interested in learning skills to tackle a specific problem in your school, district, or local union? Consider applying for an OEA Empowerment Academy to receive the support you need to take action. Details at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 8, we're all in this together with Beth Aidlaw. Welcome back to OEA Grow Podcast Season 8, talking about connections that support the education process. I'm your host, Beth Aidlott, and today we're speaking with Alan Wheeler about helping students make connections to the working world. Alan teaches construction technology at Redmond High School, and he was named the 2023 Teacher of the Year by the Oregon Association for Career and Technical Education. So um, as we begin our conversation, Alan, would you please let us know a bit about your background, how you came to the profession? Yeah, so I started teaching in elementary education, uh, fourth grade, um, and then moved to fifth grade and found that I was wanted to be single subject or, or math and science was kind of my passion in college. And so um, I... I basically had a minor from Portland State in mathematics, and my major mm-hmm. was in science. Um, so uh, long story short, before my career in teaching, I framed houses um, in the valley and over on the west side of the Cascades. And um, I have a teacher that my son had construction with and one thing led to another, him conversing about my past and that I used to frame. And um, the teacher uh, that was there before said, why isn't your dad applying for this? I'm, I'm getting ready to retire. And so oh um, one thing led to another and, and I saw it come across and I, I was teaching middle school uh, math and science at the time. So it, it, went in and I observed a couple of classes and I was like, man, talk about a carrot for kids that are, you know, struggling in other academic areas and that you have this amazing shop to take them and explain why they're learning things and show them hands-on so that it makes sense because a lot of kids don't connect with curriculum unless there's something tangible Mm -hmm. that they can produce or, or use. So, so what you're doing is actually broadening the sense of education that it's not just books. It's not just textbooks. Is that correct? Absolutely. The kids are getting, they're learning something, but then they're going out and applying it to either they're a project that they're working on, or if they choose, they want to work on a community project, like a community service project, they apply those skills in a in their community service work. Oh, and, and so in... in in that regard, uh, would you tell us about uh, the work you did this past spring with a class with Oasis Village? 
That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, so as you know, Central Oregon has a huge crisis right now with the Hunnell Road being closed. Um, they had tried to find and get a way to to have kids building like ADUs, these structures that people could live in that didn't necessarily have um, uh, water, running water, but they, it would be a place like a bedroom that had electricity, like a heater and a built-in heater and a, like a microwave. Um, and then have a community center that would have like the running water from the showers and all of that sort of thing. That is still in the works. Um, we have produced one with an OptiFrame with Par Lumber and Hayden Homes, who hmm. gave us the blueprints and, and Par Lumber, who did the cut of most of the material so that it's basically a lot of it's pre-cut. So the kids are assembling, they're learning how to go through the process of building a structure. Um, without them, um, there would be no way for this to come to fruition. But the cool thing is it's, it's an opportunity for kids to see that they're making a difference in the community um, and, and solving a problem. Clearly the problem is not solved. We need to, to produce many, many, many uh, there's hundreds of people that are homeless and um, it's, it's an ongoing crisis and we hope to, to make a part uh, of our education that the kids are feeling connected to their community. And, and what age students were these that were involved in this project? Nine, nine through 12. So oh my goodness. high school. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so they were getting um, all these skills and learning how to do that. Plus they're building connections with the community too. Um, yeah. Um, Bob Bohawk uh, is one of the um, members that's trying to orchestrate all of this, you know, with, with Hayden homes and, and trying to get, as many of these built as we can. Um, the first one they're, they're asking for a commitment from us. Um, I know that workforce, um, has done one and, uh, youth build has done another. So I know there are two sitting there. There's one sitting just outside of our shop at Redmond high school that's done. Um, and so that's three, but we need to get them out. Uh, by the airport and it's all that the forklift that we have at this shop it can do to lift this it will not lift it a foot off the ground it's it's like maybe an inch <laughs> and <laughs> and even then it's a it's a struggle to try to get this thing moved out of our area so we can still keep working on other projects but um so so there's always logistical problem or well you, problems to work through. So we're trying to work a two by four wall instead of a two by six, which will reduce the weight trying to do, um, and then increase your R value for your insulation with using some, uh, zip paneling, some, um, just trying to figure out ways, aluminum roof versus, or, or metal sheet metal roof, instead of, um, having a, uh, comp roof or a three tab, which is really heavy. It's asphalt. So mm -hmm. that adds several hundred pounds in itself. So, 
So the, the students seem like they're getting engaged in the whole process. They're not just um, laborers. They're actually involved in the decision-making and the, the comparison of the different materials. Um, yeah, we have to build it to the spec. So it's really important that they read, they read the blueprints correctly um, so that they know. The cool thing is, is with an OptiFrame system, they have them, every member of that structure is marked with, it's labeled. Um, and there's large companies that are using that system. So they could go, if they, if they know and they learn how to use that system or put those walls together, um, they could go to work for one of these larger companies and already have a leg up on knowing how things, how things go together, um, which is fantastic. It's, um, it's a great way. It's, it's a building block. So yeah, the, the next time they do it, if they didn't have them, the members already cut, they could, they could do that. So, so that brings to maybe the goal of your classes there is to prepare the students for entry-level careers. Um, are um, other schools in Oregon um, this strong in their construction technology courses? Do you know? I know, I know of about eight in our area that, mm-hmm. are, that have construction technology programs. Um, and I, I, it's, it's really interesting because you really want your students to, to love your class. That's the number one goal of most every construction teacher I know. Um, the hard part is there, there is some book work and there is, um, some parts of that that are going to be, um, not as fun, but the ultimate goal in the end is it more important to have a student that says, man, I love woodworking? Or is it more important to say, hey, I have some skills that I could go out and get a job and earn a living with that may be better than what I, my, my trajectory that I was on? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a balance, right? We've, we've got to provide opportunities. Um, and, and maybe they're not ready that first year out of high school. Maybe they have a year of growing, but if they can grow and make mistakes and a company's willing to, to deal with that, just like adults, we make mistakes and learn from them. Um, but then is it, is it better to make a mistake in a, in a fast food job and then go later on to a job that has a, a livable wage or is it better to make your mistakes while you're learning in the field that you ultimately want to be in? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing I struggle with is do I have them build the fun projects or do you say it's, it's an opportunity if you want to do build something for your community and do community service while le- learning a skill, or would you rather build something really cool that you can take home? You know, obviously we're not taking home the, the ADUs or the, the, um, the homes for the houseless. That's, but a kid that goes by that structure and says to his parent or, or a friend, I helped build that. And there's a sense of pride, just like any, you know, you, you talk to a contractor and they drive by a house, they'll tell you every house that they built and they get excited about it. 
Um, <laughs> so it's the same as for kids, right? We're, they're just, they're, they're, it's, a, it's amazing how much pride they take in, in even if they have a small hand in anything that, that makes a difference in our community. Oh, I totally believe you. And, and instead of having something to take home that's really cool, um, it's it's almost better to be able to say, you know, I helped build that house over there uh, and know how it fits together. Um, it seems like you're really looking to the future, even with your ninth graders, um, that you are looking to preparing them for um, going what comes after high school. Correct. Um. Yeah, when they come in as ninth graders, a lot of what I'm doing is teaching safety, number one, and then learning the equipment that's in the shop. And then we kind of break off from that um, when they mm -hmm. have taken my class a second level, when they're in part two A, that's when I can say, okay, you've done, you've got these tools that you have a certification and, and you're good to use those tools to build the things that you are interested in. Um, but if you are interested in this other or going to compete at skills USA for framing, let's get you prepared. I'll stay after school. Um, we'll, we'll work or, or during the class, if we have a structure to build, let's, Let's build that, and that'll get you the experience that you need to be able to compete in framing. We took second and third this year at Skills USA in Clackamas, but there's only one other school that competes every year. Um, uh, St. Helens, Joe Mock, shows up every year, and he mm -hmm. brings 15 kids every year. Um, I bring my top two or three, and give those students who have really showed an aptitude and and, and applied themselves to, to show up. And I also take those same kids out into different uh, contractors, houses that they're building or their, the companies um, that have facilities like Brian's cabinets or Norman building and design, um, take them to those shops so they can see where even to apply. A lot of students don't even know where these places are. Um, and so just, just visiting a place so that the student knows where to go to turn in an application and give them ideas about what people are doing inside of those buildings is phenomenal. It's a, it's, it, it can make a huge difference. What a student doesn't know, they don't know, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's hard to, to say, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and, and not have had those experiences. I, I know so many students that they don't, they don't know what's out there, what's available. So, so what you're doing is you're helping the students make connections with um, what is available out there. Uh, so what would you suggest to other teachers of construction technology? Um, how, how to make those contacts for their students? That's the hard part is finding the businesses that are really passionate about investing in students. Um, we, we go to places that um, they, they know they have a shortage. They're, they call it the silver tsunami. All of the older 
silver silver hairs, if you will, are retiring and there's nobody to fill their shoes. And so they call it the silver tsunami that's that's going to have implications for the building industry for the future for many, many years. Um, there's going to be a huge shortage. So how do we get companies into these schools? And how your question is, how does another teacher, and I'm not saying that do what we do necessarily, because I'm still working on it. It's still, it you plant a seed, but it's, I'm still watering it. And that's the, the thing is, I think if we band together all the construction teachers and say, Hey, I the kids had a really cool tour at Hardenbrook here in Redmond. And for some students building cutting boards and things that mementos that, that people buy and customize with lasers and CNC routers and things to make a really cool project. It's the same project that they might be making in our shop. Um, but they can see the potential and possibility that is out there so that they can use our equipment to create and mimic what other people are doing. That is really cool. Um, so, so long story short is the other teachers that, that might be interested in building a program where you have industry partners that are coming in and supporting and, and helping grow your program and giving you, I guess, guidance, um, as to what, what they're trying, but, you have a class of 32 students. If I get two students in jobs, that's a win. I'm, I'm, and what companies will be like, they'll say, you have, you have 32 kids here. How would I ever, you know, number one, if they stand up in front of 32 kids and talk to all 32 at once, half of the students that are there have no interest whatsoever in construction or going in that direction. They just want to build their project and, and, and make something cool. That's okay. That's great. I want them to love my class. I want them to love woodworking. I want them to, to find that as, as a hobby or a passion. But mm -hmm. if you have a group of five students who say, Hey, I'm really, in no, I'm really interested. I want to be an electrician or I want to be a plumber. Or I want to be, and the breaking down all those negative stereotypes that like plumbers just unclog sinks and toilets. That's not true. Um, and that's what kids in their mind think. But unless they go out and see a plumber working in a hospital on the dry side, actually soldering and brazing and doing all those really cool things, making sparks, um, and and a mistake there could cost somebody their life just because they're breathing. If oxygen touches that weld, it'll cause those people to be breathing in toxic chemicals. Like that's mm -hmm. how like one little mess up there is huge. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, the kids see that and they, if they, if they, the more opportunities they have to see people working in the field and ask them questions about what they do, they start to realize, man, these people are actually really brilliant people that are, that have talents that are so cool. And they're, they have people's lives in their hands. They're, they're like the people flying your jet. When you go on a trip They're they have the potential to, to do amazing things and make amazing things happen. But so often we just look at it and go, Oh yeah, that's just a job. Well, it is, but how do you make, how do you teach somebody the pride that goes into that? I think we go back to what I was saying before. Uh, I'm amazed at the breadth 
of the education you're giving the students. So we've been talking about the connections for students with careers, but what you're bringing up too is um, for all students, no matter what they do after high school, um, it's the education of knowing what's out there and what is involved in plumbing and what is involved in woodworking. Um, and as you said, you know, developing passions, uh, whether they're hobbies or become careers. Um, Absolutely. I, I can see that. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you start. Yes. You, excuse me. Yes. You don't even like, and you mentioned two of the six, like you're talking HVAC, you're talking uh, electricians, you're talking like there's, and we're not even, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg with what's mm -hmm. out there. And so that's where the, the other teachers, if we could come up with an HVAC unit where, I mean, they'll sell it a canned curriculum to you out of the box. Right. And then I've seen what those look like and it's a great overview. It's a real basic um, but think how much more powerful it would be if those people were there that do that job day in and day out to talk to them about the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's amazing, like those experiences. And if you can create that is, is phenomenal. So and, your and, goal is to bring people into your classroom, professionals into your classroom, and also to bring your students to the professionals as well. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard because there's, you're never going to have, and, and what employers worry about, I think is I don't need 30 plumbers. I just need two, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, if you find five, you're lucky if you get one, mm -hmm. right? Well, so, sure. so yeah, you're, you're not, it's not like we're going to turn out all, uh, you know, 50 students that are wanting to be plumbers. You're going to turn out five that have an interest in it. And one of them will take the lead and, and come in after school and say, I'm going to visit that shop. Cause I want to, I want to see what that, those people do. Cause I'm kind of interested in it, but, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to get kids to do that after school. Like they, some of them have jobs, some of them play sports. So how do I get, how do I get the kids interested enough? Well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's, I get the professional to come in and talk to the kid and say, Hey, I work at SpaceX, which by the way, is a place that does amazing donations. Like we, they will, they donate so much stuff to the school, um, oh. to, for us to be able to practice on, um, it's, it's those type of the relationships that I think a kid connects with that person that's coming into the school. That's working with a group of four students. And one of them might, might show up after school and say, yeah, I want to go to, I want to go to basics and see what that person does because they seem really cool. And I really like the activity that they, they did. Well, it's, it sounds like that's one of the ways you've been very successful as an educator is making those connections and helping your students to make them too. Um, we were talking earlier about, um, is there any way to track what's happening with the students afterwards? If, if they do go into careers or if they're going into an, an academic college, um, are they, is that something 
it, they're valuable job skills, I'm sure. It would be great if you could track. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think we need a better tracking system. And I do not know. That's one struggle is I, I don't know what the right answer is or how without an invasion of their privacy to say, Hey, where did this, where did this kid end up? Did they ever, did they go to work at, as a barista for two years and then go work in concrete or masonry or, or <laughs> did they go and say, forget it altogether? Did I make a difference? You know? And so, so often I think all teachers, right. You, you sit oh, there and course. you go, unless you talk to a kid and they go, Hey, I'm going to be a medical assistant. Like I went to, pizza two nights ago and um a young lady that was helping us at the counter she goes you, my wife and i are both teachers and she goes you were my fifth grade teacher and you were my construction tech teacher and i was like oh yeah hey i recognize you now your face has changed oh my gosh you're a young adult and she's she's like yeah i'm going to be an ma and i was like how cool is that of course it requires a college to, you know, some college. But when we say that trades aren't college, that is a huge misnomer. You're going every bit of college. You're just happen to go to a middle school that after hours and sit in a classroom and learn a trade after hours. Like you've worked a 40 hour week or like the carpentry union, they'll do a week long training where you spend half of your time the morning in the classroom, the afternoon working out in a shop, just like ours. So it's, it's still college. It's just, you're using your hands for half of it, or you're doing a skill that has a practical, like a lab. It's a science class. That's mm -hmm. all construction technology. It's a science class that mm -hmm. happens to have different hands-on labs. Um, but to say that trades, and people get hung up on that. Like there's people that go, well, I didn't go to college. Yes, you did. You're an electrician. You went to five years of college. The trade, the, the, it requires five years of you going to school at nights or, or weekends or evenings or taking a week off of your job and going to a union hall and taking the classes. Um, but it is college. They, there's no difference. You just don't go as long. You don't sit in a seat as long as students who go for a, a degree that's, that's a traditional college degree. Mm -hmm. um, so there's brilliant people, like people that are amazing, um, amazing smarts that go into the trades. And um, it, it always blows me away when you're like, well, you're doing a lot of math. You're doing offsets of pipes for plumbers that have to go through walls with pipes and they have offsets, they're doing uh, trigonometry They're And they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not. And they sell themselves short. They're like, oh, I'm not that smart. I, I didn't go to college. What? You're brilliant. What you're doing is brilliant. It's amazing. Um, yeah, just, just, just listening so. to you talk about what your students are doing. I'm thinking how it complements the other courses they're taking in high school, because you're, you're absolutely correct. They've got math, um, all kinds of math involved. Uh, you mentioned learning how to read blueprints, um, you know, the physics, the, the um, everything, you know, chemistry, all the sciences. Um, it's involved in that. And then the critical thinking, the judgment called. Um, 
Yes, it's amazing. Um, and and I do like the fact that it complements the other classes. Uh, it's, you know, not lesser for sure. Um, so how can educators help students be successful in those first jobs that they take after high school? So we talk about soft skills a lot. Um, that's one of the things that... Um, when students are in my class, in the in the classroom portion, um, I I explain like if somebody makes eye contact, how does that professional? How does that make you stand out from somebody who isn't paying attention or is on their laptop while somebody's explaining something? Um, I call it professionalism. I'll tell kids, I'll say, hey, that's pro- that's professional. That's really what you're doing right there, you're somebody that I want to hire um, because not everybody can do that. And um, I think that's the big piece that's, that's like a student comes in late. I always try to make them feel welcome and, and never like, Hey, why are you late? Why aren't you here on time? But I will say a positive to another student, sometimes in the presence that they're like, hey, thanks for being here on time. Hey, thanks for working hard today. And if another student overhears that, they start to strive for that, or maybe they don't. Maybe they're not ready. Um, but, But putting that into perspective and framing that, I say other teachers, when a when a kid says, or does something that, that is professional, that is, it, it would be looked upon positively in a work environment. Tell them. Um, I didn't do that. I don't think enough when I was working in, uh, in traditional classrooms saying, Hey, that's, that's really professional. Thanks for coming in and, and mentioning why you were late. Um, I don't like excuses. Nobody does. But if somebody said, hey, I, you know, I had this come up or, or I was coming back from an appointment or, or whatever, thanks for being professional. Thanks for letting me know. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. You know, so um, and, and I have sheets that they score points based on those attributes that, you know, showing up on time, working hard, um, cleaning up, uh, making sure that they have the equipment that they need. Uh, but you also want your class to be fun. You want to have high expectations, but you want them to converse. You want them to talk to one another because that's communication so important mm-hmm. for safety. You got to tell somebody, hey, I'm above you and I got a hammer. I'm going to put it in my tool belt. Watch out. You know, so they have a heads up before something comes falling off the edge of the roof or that we're working on. Or, or um, But yeah, it's just, it's, it's trying to teach c- courtesy, uh, commitment professionalism, all of those really soft, we call them soft skills, but employers will tell you, if you teach them those things, we'll do the rest. And that's, I, I, I agree with that, but I also, at the same time, I'm like, no, I want to teach skills. I want, even if it's, even if it's, I don't know how to do this, but I want the kids to learn it. I need to bring people in that can teach me as well while I stand there and, and watch. Cause how many copper pipes have I put together? Very few, not enough to be a proficient or professional. Um, and, and owning that saying, Hey, I'm not a, I, I've done some masonry work, but 
do I feel comfortable telling a kid or showing them how to do it enough to be a hack, you know? So I, I really do want to make my class professional. I want them to see professionals and, and the, the people that come in that like the garage door overhead garage door, central Oregon garage door, they, um, uh, central Oregon overhead, I should get that right. But they came in and they said, the, the more times that you have to go back to your workstation instead of having your tool bags and having all the stuff that you need on your person, that, that takes time. And that time is, is where you stand out above other people. And that's where you're going to get promoted because you can do things faster and more efficient. And, um, the, you, Construction workers, if you're ever on a job site, they will razz each other. They not not to be mean, but be to a pride. You know, you have it's a pride thing. Um, hey, I got that. I got this wall. I got my sheets put up faster than you, right? Because in the end of the day, if you're not hustling and you're not and you don't take pride in your work, then it's just a job. And there's a lot easier jobs making probably equal or better money than hanging sheetrock, right? It's hard work. And so, so you're doing at the end a of the day, great job. End, yeah. So you're you're showing the students what's going to be expected of them then. Um you have given us so much to think about. Uh do you have anything else to share with us, Alan, that you haven't had a chance to you know, if I could, if there's one thing that comes of this, it's this, um, that I would hope that if there's somebody out there, whether you're an HVAC specialist, whether you're a, a electrician, a carpenter, a lather, a glazer, a, you name it. If you work building anything or putting things together and you have a desire to, to plant a seed with a student that will be 18 within four years. And that's what I always tell people. I go, it's not like you're going to show up the first year and you're going to have a kid coming to apply. Maybe, but chances are not likely. You're going to have to plan it with a sophomore and then come back and see him as a junior and check in with him and say, Hey, are you still taking construction classes? Well, we're, we want you to come and, and, and be part of a project, even if they're not taking my class, call them down. Um, if, if they've shown a, a, any inclination that, or you connected with them, right? Because it's all about social networking. I try to tell mm-hmm. them that too. If, if there's one thing that comes of this, those social networks that kids are building, when they turn 18, they have somewhere to go to, to cut their teeth and, and learn a, a skill, even if they don't stick with it, that employer, what they're looking at is they're investing right in these kids. Mm -hmm. If I can, if there's one thing I can get out of this podcast, if they will invest, even if it's coming into the school for 30 minutes to do an activity with five students, not 30, all I'm asking for is I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down to the five that will raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to learn how to do that. And if I'm building a building right now, 
to facilitate that exact thing. So it's in a shop. It's, it's in the behind our shop that's fenced in and I'm setting up the tools that are needed by each industry. So I have a masonry unit or, or area that's got two walls and they can work on putting up some blocks or bricks or whatever ADUs or whatever they've, the, the, uh, the masonry folks tell me that they would need for materials and if they and if they have scrap left over that they know mm-hmm. I, my my shop looks like a junkyard of construction we'll call it a construction yard but you're reaching out you're reaching out to the companies around you're making those connections and um I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people will listen and um, be inspired by this. So, so Alan, thanks so much for these insights. It's easy to see why you were named the Teacher of the Year for 2023. Um, and uh, thanks so much. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in once again to OEA Grow, where educators talk with educators. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.